Hello listeners. Welcome to Robotics. This is your host Satish Shukla. And today we have with us Ramakrishna, co-founder and CEO of Endure Air, a leading company in drones in India. Rama is an IIT Kanpur alumnus who has a passion for unmanned aerial vehicle which is also known as drones. So welcome to the show Rama. Thank you Satish. Uh, thank you for having me here. Uh, and I am looking forward to a very insightful conversation with you. Just a small introduction about Endure Air. I don't know what we're doing is uh, we're coming up with the disruptive aerial robotics solutions, uh, aerial robotics, uh, other than other. it's also called drones, uh, aerial unmanned UAVs, UAS uh, things. Uh, at Endure, we have been developing uh, disruptive aerial robotics solutions for surveillance and inspection services, and we are also developing uh, this next generation cargo drones. So, uh, which we will be more uh, de- discussing in detail how this inter- Indian industry is coming up or global drone industry is coming up. So we work on helicopter-based uh, solutions, unlike multi-rotor solutions. So if I understand correct, a multi-rotor solution is a solution that has been shown in 3D ads? Yes. And what would be a helicopter solution? Helicopter solution is actually a miniature helicopter with a big rotor and a small tail rotor at the end. If you see a normal helicopter in Air Force, so that's the miniature version of it. So this would be a more stronger drone or a more durable drone to that extent. What would be the benefit of a helicopter-based drone? So benefit of helicopter drones actually comes in angle of uh, efficiency and performance. If you have to quantify it in a bit more technical level, it comes with the endurance, it comes with the speed of the drone to reach the target location, it comes with the reliability, it also comes with the uh, low bill of material cost also. So uh, in order to make a drone aerobotics uh, or a drone business sustainable, you have to maintain this uh, life of the drone also uh, because all this drone hype in the market or public market, as you see, there is a too much of hype, but actual business adoption is something we have to focus on to make a uh, sustainable solution here. So that's why we uh, focus on uh, helicopter drones, which gives us almost two times the uh, performance, two times the life or half of the bill of material cost. So we do develop in this area. That's great. So Rama, uh... In last decade, we have seen a lot of policy changes around flying drones. There was a time when there was a pizza company in Mumbai which delivered a pizza with the help of a drone. And then there was a complete uh, backlash on this. Then came a policy where you could not fly drones. Now we again have changed a policy which is sort of being called as the drone 3.0 policy. So you are one of the practitioners in this domain. So can you brief us about how the policies have evolved and what are the present guidelines around flying drones in public? Yes, last actually three to four years have been a roller coaster for industry in policy perspective actually. There was no regulation in 2018-19ish but there comes this uh, couple of events that happened where these deliveries have happened which have been a public concern. Uh, so to address this, there was a complete ban on drones and uh, 25 uh, certifications or uh, licenses are required to operate a drone in a public environment. So that was that was released back in 2019 and 2020. So after this, what happened is like the industry along with the academy and academicians and uh, also the industry experts have uh, written, uh, given the response on it. So after, within a matter of uh, 9 to 12 months, so the whole policy has been changed. So the policy that came in 2019, you could not fly a drone in public. Yes, and you to, in order to fly that, you need at least 25 licenses. And it was so stringent to work on the drones, to do a R&D on drones also. Every stage of development of uh, uh, drones have been uh, monitored by the DGCA. So that is actually is not practical uh, way to go forward. DGCA would be Directed General of Civil Aviation, right? Yes. Okay, so they also control the 
rules around drones yes unmanned systems also so dgca uh, director general for civil aviation along with the moca ministry of civil aviation and uh, qci uh, quality control of india they have come together and they have released this latest uh, uh, set of guidelines and this actually uh, helps industry and also the uh, academia uh, who is working on research of drones a lot so in this process they have streamlined everything to a basically four uh, license or four uh, regulations so in order just summarize that what's uh, for the layman what should be is like the primary concern that they have considered is the privacy and the safety of the public because any drone that is flying should not have uh, should not intervene uh, in one's privacy or security right so uh, they made they have come up with the certification of these drones uh, it's called type certification any drone manufacturer who is manufacturing drones should, should get this drone certified and this uh, includes uh, detailed scrutiny of the software and the hardware and the source of hardware also if it is coming from china uh, if it is autopilot because there have been some safety con- uh, concerns with the the chinese components and who does this scrutiny uh, qci does this okay so uh, after qci does this uh, validation of the checking of all the manufacturing processes and also the software side also they uh, forward it to uh, moca and dgca and they approve the type certification so this has been coming for the visual line of sight drones so visual line of sight drone actually refers to the drones that you can see uh, flying in front of you uh, the operation like it covers the applications like agri spraying it covers the uh, applications like uh, land survey mapping and uh, close range surveillance or inspection operations so the certifications for this we lost visual line of sight is clear uh, from 2020 or 2021 per se but uh, the certification for bb lost drones beyond visual line of sight drones which uh, includes your long range surveillance or inspection or your linear asset inspections for oil and gas industries or uh, beyond a uh, point where you might see the drone that's where it's called a bb loss uh, application so certifications for that is going to be much more stringent or much more detailed because the drone is going to be getting operated where there is no person was there so the certification body qca and dgca and moca are panel to release that and this is about the manufacturing angle but in order to come into the flying angle so they have dgc has released a digital sky uh, there have been all the indian map has been identified as a into three zones green orange and red zones red zones are basically around the uh, security uh, concern areas like airports or any uh, drdo labs or any uh, field firing ranges of army so there you are not supposed to fly at any cost unless the uh, the organization uh, allows you to fly and orange orange zones are slightly apart like 2 kilometers away from these sensitive areas where you can fly with the local authority permissions like police or a dist- a district magistrate or and there are the green zones where you can fly without any permission but below an altitude of 120 meters okay that's great that was very comprehensive so rama what is actually a drone so uh, to the uninitiated people like me we usually see drones during marriages taking photographs and then came a movie called uri where they showed that there was a student who was flying a bird uh, who had been the surgical strike So there are a lot of images of different drones that we have seen through movies and real lives. So I want to understand this from an expert. What is actually a drone? If you could explain it to our audience, uh, what are the in- essential components? How does it perform its action? So we would really like to know that. So drone is a unmanned aerial system. So it implies a system that is flying uh, in the air, which is being controlled from the ground control station. So uh, just to, before going uh, what exactly the drone does I just want to break up the the whole system first so any like 
if you see actual aircraft, there are engines uh, on, on under the wings, wings which are being uh, which are generating a lift, and there is a fuselage where we are the whole cabin is resting. Right. Similar breakup is there in drones also. There is a propulsion which is being done by engine or brushless motors, and there is a power source. It can be petrol powered or it can be battery powered, and there is an airframe which is uh, holding all the pieces together, and there are payloads. Payloads are for specific applications, if it is for ISR application, it's a uh, RGB camera. If it is for a mapping uh, application, it's a uh, different multispectral camera. And if it's for uh, cargo delivery, then it's a uh, payload. So uh, these are the breakup of the components of the drone. And there is a ground control station which is being used to operate or uh, completely plan the mission of the drone. So every uh, bot has a ground control station. Every drone has this uh, ground control station. So this is the breakup of uh, the drone. Uh, the how drone works is basically we prefer all the la latitude or longitude coordinates where the drone has to go and what the drone has to capture the video of or uh, where the drone has to drop the payload. So it all depends upon the type of mission. Uh, it's a mission-oriented application. It can be cargo delivery application. It can be surveillance application. It can be a mapping application. Or in terms of agriculture, it can be spraying application also. So these are the area if you have to spray, then the drone uh, on the software, uh, they, it will plan itself to cover the one acre or two acre area with the fuel that is being loaded. So that's how uh, the drone components can be broken into. And if you want to know how this drone work came from, actually uh, the male honeybee is called drone. And initial prototypes of drone in 90, early 1900s are in shape of male honeybee. So that's how the drone name uh, came because of its resemblance to a male honeybee. Wow. So do we have drones like honeybees today? Yes, we do have uh, drones like honeybees which are being used in uh, assault missions of uh, military across the globe. Like US Army does a lot and Indian Army has also inducted a lot of technology for this uh, counterinsurgency, counterterrorist, CACT operations they call it. They're inducting a lot of uh, this advanced technology to minimize the loss of lives of our uh, Javans. And also, this technology is being inducted into NDRF and SDRF also to enhance their uh, capabilities in top for the disaster ma management operations. Great. That was very insightful. So, how did you come up with the idea of starting a drone company? And uh, how did you finalize the name Endure Air? And who all are there in your team? Okay, that's a three-part question. <laughs> so, I'll first uh, come up with uh, what's my perspective on how we started Endure Air. So, uh, I did to my college, like uh, I done my bachelor's and master's from IIT Kanpur. In my first month of college, they have this intra-college competitions for uh, technology. So I joined this aeromodeling club there. And the moment I was introduced to college, uh, these drones, uh, like that's a fixed wing or multi-rotors. So I had this uh, 3DX Rancho vibes there. So the whole, there's a bunch of people who are working on similar quad rotors, which was shown in that movie. And for a 17-year-old 17 year old kid, that was a fascinating and more addictive thing to work on. Uh, so that's how my journey with drones started. And two years, I was doing extensive uh, manufacturing work or uh, flying work in IIT Kanpur. So you were manufacturing drones while you were in IIT Kanpur? Yes, we have a club where we uh, test a lot of manufacturing techniques like composite manufacturing, uh, balsa wood manufacturing and also uh, aluminium. Uh, so we had to uh, innovate because of the resource constraints because as a student, you don't have a budget for that. So we innovated that and we also uh, represented IIT Kanpur in my second year in Texas. A. Uh, there was a competition by SAE, so Society of Aerospace Engineers. 
and they have a hero design competition. So we represented. I personally was there, and we although we came third in there, but uh, when I saw the winner's uh, drone, which is by Georgia Tech, there was a difference between the research behind building the drone. So we built a drone, but is based upon our experience, and they have built a drone with a systematic procedure. So that has made me realize the importance of uh, R and D behind any product, and that's where I got associated with Dr. Abhishek, who is the one of the founder of uh, Endure. And I joined his research group, uh, and at that time he was heading helicopter lab of IIT Kanpur. So Dr. Abhishek was a professor at IIT Kanpur. At that time I uh, got introduced to him. He was a pre- professor at IIT Kanpur. He is still a professor and a full-time uh, co-founder and director of Indurair. I really don't know a lot of people who would have the guts to found a company with their professor. So that itself is a uh, story because uh, Dr. Abhishek uh, he has done his bachelor's from IIT Kharagpur. Okay. And uh, he has gone to uh, University of Maryland for his masters and a PhD. Wow! And he was trained by the best minds of helicopter designers in the world so far. He was uh, trained under Marat Tishenko. He was a Russian, uh, and he was the head of Mil Design Bureau, which has built the Mil Twenty Eight helicopter, the biggest helicopter so far in the world. Wow! So he was trained under under other uh, professors also there, and he brought his knowledge back to IIT Kanpur. So. Uh, and the same lab with Abhishek sir was trying. They have been working with a lot of uh, uh, companies like Boeing or Bell or Lockheed Martin. Who are wow, the, these these are some of the best companies in the world in aviation. Yes, they push the boundaries of uh, these unmanned helicopters or unmanned aircrafts uh, to a, a whole different uh, level. And they are hiding the talent from University of Maryland. And Dr. Abhishek was uh, part of that group, and he has uh, intent to. Give it back to the nation from his uh, initial days, from his bachelor days. So that's why he has to reject those offers and he has to come back. So he came back to India. Yes. Wow. Just with the intention of starting a, uh, uh, like obviously joining a com- uh, IIT Kanpur, and in the long run he wants to transform his knowledge or his experience in terms of product through Indian Armed Forces. So it is there in the back of his mind. So, but uh, after ten years of uh, professorship, uh, we are sitting uh, in a lot of IP. The when I see when I see we we as a research group, Dr. Abhishek and his PhD students, his master students. I was also one of his uh, master student and PhD, uh, which I dropped it later. <laughs> so uh, during this time, uh, we want to commercialize the technology that we had, uh, we had generated, and we had filed for patents. But patents are of no use until unless you commercialize those, and you finally give it to the end user, which is armed forces in our area. So Rava, that was really very really insightful to know different applications of drones. Uh, tell me one thing. Uh, how do you see the drone industry evolving from here in India? So uh, the drone industry uh, as actually has been part of uh, like it's been categorized into three different segments. One being the manufacturers or OEMs, and mm-hmm. the second being the drone as a service uh, providers who are using drones and giving the services to the end user, and third segment being the software stack. Uh, it comes to ground control software, which is being uh, useful to control the drone or uh, Developing the mapping software, which converts the raw data to actually useful data, and uh, mostly the uh, video analytics or data analytics uh, based softwares, and also the software-based response technology or unmanned traffic management uh, (UTM) softwares. So this is a software segment, and there's a DAS drone service segment, and there's an OEM segment. Uh, right now, there is a lot of uh, uh, the players like Indurair also, uh, and there are other companies who have been doing couple of uh, two of these three uh, segments. Or being uh, testing the waters as such, but over the years, uh, the specialization is going to grow, and people are going to find the niche in terms of the segment, and also in the drone as OEM. Also, the kind of applications that are going, uh, that is growing uh, in a day-to-day basis, 
uh, one drone is not going to fit for all applications that is for sure and every application has its own uh, uh, sizable market if be it surveillance or be it cargo delivery or be it uh, room uh, nano drones uh, small backpackable drones or be it for drones for videography for shooting in marriages or shooting in uh, films so every segment has its own volume so as the uh, next 5 to 10 years more specializations or more specialists uh, are going to evolve who has their own ecosystem uh, when it comes to hardware or who has their own complete backend uh, when it, not using open source and drone as a service providers are going to evolve a lot uh, because we have seen the similar pattern uh, in automobile industry also drone as a service actually will be much bigger market than drone as a uh, and the OEM market itself because uh, end user be it a farmer or be it industrialist or be it any uh, uh, factory manager so they want to have the data itself and they the data has to be generated or has to be uh, collected on a recurring basis it's not a one time job some data has to be collected every week or every day basis so drone as a service is going to evolve uh, significantly and the market projections are also uh, showing uh, drone as a service is a bigger market than uh, OEM market but that is for the 2030 and 2035 but uh, before that the drone has to be stable the technology has to mature itself so right now the technology is at a stage where the OEMs or the subsystem is being established inside india and also uh, across the globe also it's going through the phase it's the way the technology is getting matured and the life of the drone is being uh, increased so what is the typical life of a drone the typical life of a drone uh, is being considered in terms of number of uh, flights so uh, i would say around uh, 750 to 1000 flights per drone and the duration of this flight typically would be uh, you can say approx 1 hour 1 hour yeah okay so i i heard that you mentioned about swarm drones hmm. so what are swarm drones exactly swarm drones is an uh, upcoming uh, application in drones actually uh, what it means is like uh, i am controlling multiple drones using one laptop or one operator so i don't have to uh, operate uh, 100 drones by using 100 operators one operator with his uh, his laptop can give the command to uh, multiple uh, drones and it can do the job beat surveillance or beat inspection or beat uh, loiter ammunition loiter ammunition is an application where drone uh, seeks the target and it dives down and destroys the target so it's a basically loiter ammunition so uh, the future of warfare is going to be a swarm of drones which can do a, some batch of drones can do the surveillance and that uh, batch of that uh, particular segment of drones can communicate back the information to the cargo or loiter ammunition drones and loiter ammunition drones upon the operator confirmation it will seek the target and it will go and destroy the target so this is the modern warfare is going to completely revolutionized by use of this swarm drones and the same swarm drones can be utilized in healthcare or uh, also your logistics delivery uh, for a warehouse to warehouse deliveries also so in the future we are going to see you there uh, there swarm of drones which are pre programmed or having a predefined routes uh, of this warehouses is going to operate as a swarm not just a individual uh, drone so imagine like controlling like 100 cars using just one driver so it's going to minimize the human resource requirement also and it's going to automate a lot of processes in this uh, whole transformation So that's where this swarm drones can play a very big role. Inami has injecting a lot of these swarm drones in their uh, upgradation of their uh, in- infrastructure, and yeah, in that matter, swarm drones is going to be the next uh, big thing in drones. Okay. And what are telepathy drones? 
Telepathy drone is a R&D concept which is being funded by DARPA uh, USA there. So what exactly is like it's a communicating with a drone uh, through wirelessly but uh, from the human mind like if I want this target to be seeked uh, so I communicate uh, through my like there is a chip that is being inducted in the brain and this communication happens and if I have to uh, rotate it or if I it can sense my movements of head movements and it can it can also replicate my head movements there. So if I want to see the left, it will see the left. So in that manner, it's a combination of VR and uh, AR. So in that manner, it's a telepathy. Also. So Rama, you're the CEO and co-founder of a deep tech startup. And deep tech is the buzzword right now. So what are some of the key learnings that you'd like to share with our audience who are interested in this domain of deep tech and want to start on their own? So one of the key learning uh, actually is to have a proper advisory board for you. Most of uh, first-time entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs who are coming from academia undermine this value of advisory board, which can be a group of persons of expertise varying from business development in defense or business development enterprise or fundraising or uh, marketing and team expansions. So uh, a lot of times the founders actually uh, go through this uh, trouble or go through these challenges which have been already faced and solved by the people who have done this already. So uh, respecting them and also having them in the loop through this whole journey is something uh, I would take it as my key learning and I would suggest other co-founders also the same to have this uh, solid advisory board for that. So it, to, to a very large extent, they help you by not letting you reinvent the wheel. Yes. And you also should have an uh, advisory team that ju- that doesn't just say, you, I have done this and I have done that in that my time, this is the, how it has been done. So you need an advisory board who puts them in your position and advises you what is the best way forward for you or for your company, not just saying some old stories kind of a thing. So yeah, that's where advisory board comes. Uh, and also other uh, session or other learnings would be like, when we are comparing the global solutions that are available, let's say for cargo delivery operations, we are seeing Amazon has been uh, doing, uh, gaining the traction in Seattle or California based area. So we observe the, uh, the cost per dollar, operational cost for these uh, drones. Also, we have observed the surveillance or the mapping cost per drone. So what we have done at Endurare is differently uh, and what every deep tech founder should uh, think of in like how to minimize operational cost or initial uh, capex cost or like initial uh, installation cost of this infrastructure. So in that manner, like Indian uh, or being from the IIT Kanpur uh, background, so that has helped us in uh, bringing that R&D to cut down these operational costs. That's how we could able to maintain this sustainable business model for the uh, to scale actually. And uh, one more thing is that uh, all these learnings actually have come at a cost. Like it's not like from day one we know how to build drones. So we took our own uh, time to learn all these things. As an IIT Kanpur research group, we used to uh, consult with a lot of uh, Indian Army commanders go there before anywhere itself. So. Uh, we used to test our drones at uh, Ladakh or uh, Tawang where, where the altitude is at 17,000 feet. The temperature was minus 5 degrees. So all these uh, learnings, all these exp- uh, experiences have helped Endure to kickstart with already a know-how. We haven't started from zero, but a typical deep tech startup or typical startup, if I have to assume, if I'm seeing my uh, friends who are starting this, their companies as of now, so I can see their journey from the scratch, right? So that is the journey is full of learnings and you need the best mentors or best investors to support that. So currently Indian ecosystem is going through that uh, 
uh, transformation nearly the way we are seeing the deep tech uh, startups or uh, the way we are giving the gestation period to startups to evolve or to hit the market at the right potential the initial fears will be rough for every startup and especially deep tech startup where we are bringing a sunrise uh, in, in the sunrise industry like drones it will take some time uh, but when it's going to be adopted it's going to be the adoption rate would be so high and uh, again the scale up of the scaling up of the company will be a hurdle for the for the companies to uh, to keep up with that pace so it's just that inflection point we have to be there with the technology or uh, push it to to there and that's and afterward the things will be automated by themselves very very beautifully covered you have to stand till you reach the inflection point and keep on learning so rama uh, to to close it on a lighter note uh, can you share with our audience some good movies that they could watch if they want to understand different applications of drones or are there any favorite movies that you have around drones in order to uh, appreciate the usage of drones especially in the military applications uh, where you are going to see a lot of action killings and other things uh, us has been the pioneer in using drones in their warfare right in afghanistan or pakistan right so there have been a couple of movies on these operations military uh, drone based operations one is the i in the sky and there is and that's one of my personal favorite and there is a uh, good kill so they use this uh, predator drones which india is also buying so they use this move uh, drones to uh, uh, find the target militants in which are hiding in their bunkers so the movie is about that and they are to good thank you rama thank you for an insightful conversation best of luck for your journey yeah thank you satish uh, it was a wonderful conversation with you so listeners i hope you enjoyed this episode as much as i did like and subscribe to continue on this robotic journey with us until next time this is your host satish shukla signing off